and the fact that we enable our customer to keep powering their communities, enabling communities to flourish is also something important. Here we are really working hand in hand with our cold customer for them to transition to something else. And we would like that this transition to be for G Vernova solution. So really that's something that excites us. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Cutting Carbon. I'm your host, Jeff Goldmere, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brian Gutnick. Brian, good day. Good day, Jeff. As always, excited to continue the conversation this season around GE Vernova and learning about our individual businesses. Absolutely. So today, we are joined by Valerie Marjolet, who's the CEO of our steam power business, for those of you who aren't as familiar with GE Steam Power Business, what we're referring to here is the steam power turbine and the steam power plants that are producing electricity from steam. And that steam in this case was created either from a nuclear reactor or the direct combustion of fossil fuels. We're not talking about steam turbines you might typically associate with combined cycle gas turbine plants. Valerie, good morning, good day, and welcome to Cutting Carbon. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Brian. So, Valerie, I want to set the stage here for our listeners. Over the past seven seasons of the podcast, we spent a lot of time talking about the energy transition and our goal of creating a lower-carbon future society. Now, your business is undergoing a transition as well. Maybe you could spend a few minutes telling our listeners about the transition that steam power is undergoing in relation to that broader energy transition. Yes, absolutely, Jeff. I would say that the word transition matched pretty well uh, with our business. If you look back, I would say five years ago, the core of our business was really coming from putting on the grid new coal-fired plants everywhere in the world. But as the world is changing, transitioning to less carbon-intensive source of energy we realized that that would not be the future, obviously, for our company. And we made a decision in 2020 to stop bidding for new coal projects in the world. We are in a transition to really, I mean, finishing the backlog that we have contracted with our customers. We have 17 projects still active globally. And today, when you look at uh, Steam Power, you see that our revenue is coming more and more from our nuclear side of the house. So as the coal was going down, at the same time we saw a revival of nuclear. And what we see as well is we are transitioning towards a more service business. Because if we have decided to stop bidding for a new coal project, we don't want to abandon the customer who need us today with their coal power plant. And we are here for them until they need us. We are here for them to help them to run their plant as efficiently as possible until they decide to move to another technology, which hopefully will be a G-Vernova technology. So Valerie, if, if I will, I imagine that decision to transition from kind of a units and services to focus exclusively on our services was a challenging decision. As, as I'm sure you, you mentioned, our customers are counting on us. Coal still is playing a role, helping in as much as our customers may be beginning to transition away for it. They're depending on those plants 
running. Can you maybe elaborate when you talk about transitioning to services, what are the types of things that we do to help our customers with those existing plans? So we help them first to keep the power on. Um, so any replacement in kind, any parts, any outage, that we do. We see obviously less demand for upgrading performance or big outages in coal because the customer don't have that much money to invest in the future of coal. But everything that is ready to maintain, to run efficiently the plant, that we know how to do. And to be honest, Brian, this is one of the first questions they ask us. When we go and visit our coal customer, they're just like, we are determined to move to other source of energy, but can at least can we count on you to support us until we have made this decision? So it's very important for them that we are here to, to help them until the transition. And Valerie, as part of the broader transition that you're undergoing as well, there are some pending changes with our nuclear steam turbine offering. Can you maybe elaborate on that and the decision that the business has made there? Yep. So indeed, we have officialized in November last year our intention to sell our nuclear new build activities globally to EDF and our service for nuclear outside of the Americas to EDF. I mean, EDF is one of our main customers for the nuclear activities, so there was definitely an alignment of interest between them, between us, and we are working basically on uh, making it happen, I would say, in, in the next six months. So we'll have a steam power, we'll really have a different shape, I would say, in six months down the road. And again, mainly service business at that point of time. So, Valerie, I do want to quantify as we talk about the services business for, let's say, our existing coal customers, customers who are still using coal, and those customers who will still be part of us from the nuclear fleet. Can you give our, our listeners a sense of how large an installed base is that and how much, give us a sense of how much or how often are we doing maintenance on these plants? Obviously, it's a robust business considering the importance of coal in many parts of the world still, nuclear fleet in the U.S. How large a work scope does that represent for pristine power? So our service business, a couple of numbers, I would say it's uh, 400 gigawatt of uh, installed base will be serving tomorrow. And uh, one third of it will be nuclear, half of it will be coal, and then the rest will be industrial. We also have a, a large customer base of industrial customers in the U.S., uh, in the U.S., mainly um, pulp and paper customer. And yes, I mean, that, that's what the business will look like. And in terms of how often do we do outages, it very much depends, Jeff, to be honest. Obviously, you know the behavior of our customer is very different. If you are talking with a nuclear customer, everything will be planned in advance. It will be, I mean, we'll probably know two years ahead of the outage of exactly what we need to do. If you talk about coal plant outages, in some instances, it's forced outages because our customers are not really sure about their own future, so they are a bit reluctant in making scheduled outages. Some are doing so, some are just waiting for forced outage. And also, at this point of time, for coal, it's a pretty lucrative business, I mean, the, with the price of the energy. 
So our customers tend to run it to the maximum uh, until it fails. So difficult to give you a pattern. But it sounds like even after or through this transition, it's still a critical part of the financial engine for GE Vernova. You should probably not look in steam in isolation because the customer we are serving in steam, also the customer that Gas Power is serving or GE Tachi is serving. So yes, we really look at them from a GE Vernova standpoint for sure. We don't want to let them down. You're listening to Cutting Carbon. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic, please check out our show notes. And if you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go back to the conversation. So, Valerie, as the transition of the nuclear steam turbine business transitions to EDF and we focus on services again, coal plants globally and nuclear plants in the Americas, what do you see as the future for this business? What excites you about the role that steam power is going to play in the broader GE Vernova? And what are you excited about as we make that transition? I mean, a couple of things. First, I think when you work, when you are lucky to work in the power industry today, you definitely work for something that is really purposeful, wherever you are. So that's one. And the fact that we enable our customer to keep powering their communities, enabling communities to flourish is also something important. Here we are really working hand in hand with our coal customer for them to transition to something else. And we would like that this transition to be for G Vernova solution. So really, that's something that excites us. Second, when you look at nuclear, this is one of the main reliable CO2-free source of energy today. There's definitely a revival around nuclear. Not everybody has the means to pay for a nuclear power plant because it's indeed pretty expensive. But for the customer of the countries that are pretty pro-nuclear, they tend to really extend their life of their nuclear power plant. So we are working with them to refurbish their central line, their turbine island. And uh, we see more and more interest. We also see our nuclear customers thinking about how they can better use their nuclear power plants. So far, they are using their nuclear power plant to produce electricity. But what they are thinking more and more is maybe for the excess of power they have, how could they use it to produce hydrogen? So the pink hydrogen that you have been referring in many of your podcasts, it's coming more and more on the agenda when we talk to our nuclear customer. So this is why I found the team business very interesting, because you connect a lot of dots of what you are talking about in the other G Vernova businesses in terms of energy transition. Great. You know, Valerie, we've talked sort of about the different pieces of your business, but I don't think we've done a really great job of giving that quick summary because there really are four segments to the business. And maybe we could just spend a moment making sure that that our listeners really understand what those four segments are. So obviously, nowadays, when we talk about steam power, we talk a lot about service business because we said, you see, we are positioning basically steam power to become a service business. So this service business will serve 
coal and nuclear coal customer globally and then nuclear customer in the Americas. So that's one of the fourth segment. The second segment, we touched about it a little bit earlier. It's the segment that will go, the PNL that will go to EDF when the cell will be executed. So it's all new unit for nuclear and the servicing of the nuclear plants outside of the Americas. And then uh, the other two segments are really focused around coal. One is what we call fossil new build. So it's the tale of all the new coal projects we took until 2020. And here we have really a team of experts that are really dedicated in really landing this project for our customers and delivering on our commitment. Very strong project knowledge. Uh, not many companies can deliver projects like the one of coal. You, you find them also in, uh, in wind and in, and in gas. So that's the third segment that we have. And then the fourth segment is our activities in India. Very important, very purposeful for the country that is India. And what we, we have under the PNL that we call India is new coal project and servicing coal. It's Turbine Island, mainly a tail of it. We haven't seen a lot of new Turbine Island projects, but we have some big projects to deliver for the country and a lot of projects in the um, air quality control around FGDs for India. So India is mainly a coal country, but they are really increasing their regulation around air quality control. And this is what our team is really good at and really can bring a lot of value in India with this solution. So this is a one, con I mean, in India for India, basically this was PNL and delivering for what is important there in terms of uh, energy agenda. And that brings up an interesting question, Valerie, as we think about many of your existing customers who are running on coal today. And as you kind of indicated, many of them are already thinking about the energy transition. They understand there's likely a limit to how many years they will continue to, to operate on coal and are thinking about what that next step is and what makes sense for them and their country. How are we able to help them in that transition? You gave an example of this Dubai project where they made the decision to realign from coal to gas. Are there other instances where you're seeing that, or how else are we helping our customers who want to think about that long-term transition away from coal to something else? Yeah. So what we do is that we are really engaging with customers to understand their timeline and also understanding what if they have already clear line of sight of what they want to do. I would say in most of the cases, what we see is that our customer will transition from coal to gas. And our gas colleagues are well aware of it. So there's definitely like a passing the baton strategy between the two teams. Ultimately, what we are really hearing from our customers is that once they have a site with a permit to operate a, a power plant, they are going to transform into a new power plant and the switch from coal to gas is usually what they are thinking about. Yes, that's the mainstream, basically, in terms of what we are hearing from them. The rest is more about how we can help them to run their power plant efficiently, as long as, again, they need it to be run. Great, thank you. The other question I'd ask, and again, we've talked about it a little bit, is the sale of our new unit nuclear business and services of nuclear business outside of the U.S. to EDF. I'm sure many people are wondering, as you've talked about, there's this renaissance of nuclear 
maybe help our, our listeners understand the why behind that decision to sell that business unit, that team, et cetera, or the expertise to EDF? Yes, I'm sure it's not, it's not obvious when you look at it from the outside. In reality, there are not that many players outside of the Americas in terms of nuclear activities. So EDF is by far our major customer. Uh, so it's not that we have many customers in front of us. So that's one element. They also had very good understanding of the industry, very good understanding of the time it takes to deliver a new nuclear power plant. So there is, there's also this belief and conviction on our side that this is a good place for our business to be. This is a place where the business will be well understood and very much aligned with the interests, I mean, the core interest of EDF and the core knowledge of EDF and expertise of EDF. So I think it's more an opportunity of having much interest than anything else. It's just an opportunity and an alignment of interest. And Valerie, within GE Vernova, we're very focused on the future role that small modular nuclear reactors can potentially play in the energy transition. I would assume in this case, as we work with customers on projects with small modular reactors, we would help them work with either EDF or other steam turbine providers to integrate that into our reactor solution to have one offering, you know, a kind of a combined offering for our customers. Yes, it's exactly that, Brian. So the future SMR will be a bit agnostic of the turbine that will go inside. But obviously, I mean, today we are part of the same company and today Steam Power can provide the turbine for the SMR. So there's obviously an alignment of interest and a close collaboration between the team that will tomorrow be an EDF team and the GE team to provide something that provides confidence and peace of mind to our customers. Just as a reminder to our listeners, what we're talking about is transition of the steam turbine portion of the nuclear plant to EDF. The core technology of, of the nuclear plant stays with GE Hitachi. The, the reactor technology stays with us. Absolutely. Great, Valerie. I mean, I guess as we wrap here, anything that you would share with our listeners in terms of, again, where you see the future, particularly I know a lot of GE employers, GE Vernova employees are listening here. What excites you about steam power? Well, I already shared a lot. Maybe one topic we didn't have the opportunity to touch upon, Brian, and I will use for my closing thoughts, is really the safety, I mean, the energy safety agenda that caught a lot of countries, especially in Europe, a bit by surprise, and that really forced every country to rethink about the energy security. So we see today decisions that are made at country level that would not have been possible or foreseen maybe two or three years ago. Uh, so I think it's also another dimension that we are looking at carefully. But again, I think it's another dimension that I think extremely ex- exciting about because it means that what we are doing is important for the countries. It's important strategically for the energy safety. It's important because we are helping an agenda which is really to decarbonize the world and but without letting anybody down during this journey and i think it provides everybody's instant power and i'm sure more broadly in Vernova, i'm very proud about what we deliver for the world and i think valerie that goes to a constant theme or consistent theme of of the energy trilemma during this time we want energy electricity to be affordable sustainable and reliable and we can't afford no pun intended 
to sacrifice, let's say, reliability, energy security for other needs. There are people who depend on electricity, whether it be hospitals or schools or other critical elements of infrastructure. The electricity has to stay on. And uh, what's happened in Europe over the last 18 months has been a reminder maybe that energy security or reliability is, is a key leg that we cannot ignore and that sometimes there are circumstances outside of our control that really reignite, refresh that critical element of that, that we can't just turn off certain systems, although we might want to. The, the grid depends on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Valerie, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. I learned a lot today. So on behalf of the entire Cutting Carbon team, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today and really sharing with us about the future of, of our steam power business. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Again, I want to thank our audience for joining and listening in today. As always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to drop us a note. You can reach us at cutting.carbon at ge.com. And please don't forget to check out our show notes and subscribe. Again, for the entire Cutting Carbon team, thank you. This is Cutting Carbon.